Hello, you are listening to this podcast from EnglishWithADifference.com on various platforms like Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Today, I'm going to explain you the differences between bring, take, and fetch. Let's get started. Bring is used to talk about movement to the place where the speaker is at the moment of speaking. In other words, bring means to come to a place with somebody or something. For example, please bring that file to my table. You will have to bring your own sandwiches. Have you brought your ticket along? Let us now explore the meaning of the verb fetch. To fetch something is to go to a place where it is and then bring it back to the current location. For example, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Can you fetch me a glass of water? Now let us explore the meaning of the word take. Take refers to talking about movements to all other places. For example, I don't know what to take with me when I go to London. Dear listeners, hope you have understood the difference between bring, fetch and take. Till we meet again, this is Panatush De signing off. Thanks for listening. Hello students, I am going to read out the story, the thief story by asking Bond for each one of you. Please do see the text as I tell you the story so that you are able to understand the pronunciation intonation and stress pattern of the story uh, here i go i was still a thief when i met anil and though only 15 i was an experienced and fairly successful hand anil was watching a wrestling match when i approached him he was about 25 a tall lean fellow and he looked easygoing kind and simple enough for my purpose i hadn't had much luck of late and thought I might be able to get into the young man's confidence. You look a bit of a wrestler yourself, I said. A little flattery helps in making friends. So do you, he replied, which put me off for a moment because at that time I was rather thin. Well, I said modestly, I do wrestle a bit. What's your name? Hari Singh, I lied. I took a new name every month. That kept me ahead of the police and my former employers. After this introduction, Anil talked about the well-wailed wrestlers who were grunting, lifting and throwing each other about. I didn't have much to say. Anil walked away. I followed casually. Hello again, he said. I gave him my most appealing smile. I want to work for you, I said. But I can't pay you. I thought that over for a minute. Perhaps I had missed just my man. I asked, can you feed me? Can you cook? I can cook, I lied again. If you can cook, then maybe I can feed you. He took me to his room over the Juma Sweet shop and told me I could sleep on the balcony. But the meal I cooked that night must have been terribly terrible because Anil gave it to a stray dog and told me to be off. But I just hung around smiling in my most appealing way, and he couldn't help laughing. Later, 
He patted me on the head and said, never mind, he would teach me to cook. He also taught me to write my name and said he would soon teach me to write the whole sentences and to add numbers. I was grateful. I knew that once I could write like an educated man, there would be no limit to what I could earn or achieve. It was quite pleasant working for Anil. I made the tea in the morning and then would take my time buying the day's su supplies, usually making a profit of about a rupee a day. I think he knew I made a little money this way, but he didn't seem to mind. Anil made money by fits and stars. He would borrow one week, lend the next. He kept worrying about his next check, but as soon as it arrived, he would go out and celebrate. It seems he wrote for magazines, a queer way to make a living. One evening he came home with a small bundle of notes, saying he had just sold a book to a publisher. At night, I saw him tuck the money under the mattress. I had been working for Anil for almost a month and apart from cheating on the shopping, had not done anything in my line of work. I had every opportunity for doing so. Anil had given me a key to the door and I could come and go as I pleased. He was the most trusting person I had ever met. And that is why it was so difficult to rob him. It's easy to rob a greedy man because he can afford to be robbed. But it's difficult to rob a careless man. Sometimes he doesn't even notice he has been robbed. And that takes all the pleasure out of the work. Well, it's time I did some real work, I told myself. I'm out of practice, and if I don't take the money, he will only waste it on his friends. After all, he doesn't even pay me. Anil was asleep. A beam of moonlight stepped over the balcony and fell on the bed. I sat on the floor considering the situation. If I took the money, I could catch the 10.30 express to Lucknow. Slipping out of the blanket, I crept up to the bed. Anil was sleeping peacefully. His face was clear and unlined. Even I had more marks on my face, though mine were mostly scars. My hand slid under the mattress, searching for the notes. When I found them, I drew them out without a sound. Anil sighed in his sleep and turned on his side towards me. I was startled and quickly crawled out of the room. When I was on the road, I began to run. I had the notes at my waist held there by the string of my pyjamas. I slowed down to a walk and counted the notes, 600 rupees in 50s. I could live like an oil-rich Arab for a week or two. When I reached the station, I did not stop at the ticket office. I had never bought a ticket in my life, but dashed straight to the platform. The Lucknow Express was just moving out. The train had still to pick up speed and I should have been able to jump into one of the carriages. But I hesitated for some reason I can't explain. And I lost the chance to get away. When the train had gone, I found myself standing alone on the deserted platform. I had no idea where to spend the night. I had no friends, believing that friends were more trouble than help. And I did not want to make anyone curious by staying at one of the small hotels near the station. The only person I knew really well was the man I had robbed. Leaving the station, I walked slowly through the bazaar. 
In my short career as a thief, I had made a study of men's faces which they had when they had lost their goods. The greedy man showed fear, the rich man showed anger, the poor man showed acceptance. But I knew that Anil's face, when he discovered the theft, would show only a touch of sadness, not for the loss of money, but for the loss of trust. I found myself in the maidan and sat down on a bench. The night was chilly, it was early November, and a light drizzle added to my discomfort. Soon it was raining quite heavily. My shirt and pyjamas stuck to my skin and a cold wind blew the rain across my face. I went back to the bazaar and sat down in the shelter of the clock tower. The clock showed midnight. I felt for the notes. They were damp from the rain. Anil's money. In the morning, he would probably have given me two or three rupees to go to the cinema, but now I had it all. I couldn't cook his meals, run to the bazaar, or learn to ride the whole sentences anymore. I had forgotten about them in the excitement of the theft. Whole sentences I knew could one day bring me more than a few hundred rupees. It was a simple matter to steal and sometimes just as simple to be caught. But to be a really big man, a clever and respected man was something else. I should go back to Anil, I told myself, if only to learn to read and write. I hurried back to the room feeling very nervous, for it is much easier to steal something than to return it undetected. I opened the door quietly, then stood in the doorway. In clouded moonlight, Anil was still asleep. I crept to the head of the bed and my hand came up with the notes. I felt his breath on my hand. I remained still for a minute, then my hand found the edge of the mattress and slipped under it with the notes. I awoke late next morning to find that Anil had already made the tea. He stretched out his hand towards me. There was a 50 rupee note between his fingers. My heart sank. I thought I had been discovered. I made some money yesterday, he explained. Now you will be paid regularly. My spirits rose. But when I took the note, I saw it was still wet from the night's rain. Today we'll start writing sentences, he said. He knew, but neither his lips nor his eyes showed anything. I smiled at Anil in my most appealing way. And the smile came by itself, without any effort. That's about the story, the thief story, dear students. In my next podcast, I will discuss about the theme and some important incidences that took place in the story. So for the analysis of the story, please do listen to me on Spotify. Go to Spotify and search English with a Difference. You shall be able to find me on a regular basis. Please do follow the channel so that you are able to uh, be notified when I upload a new episode. Thank you for listening. This is Manatush De signing off from EnglishWithTheDifference.com. Hello, students. I'm going to read out the story, the thief story, by asking Bond for each one of you. Please do see the text as I tell you the story, so that you are able to understand the pronunciation, intonation, and stress pattern of the story. Uh, here I go. I was still a thief when I met Anil, and though only fifteen. I was an experienced and fairly successful hand. Anil was watching a wrestling match when I approached him. He was about 25 
a tall, lean fellow, and he looked easygoing, kind and simple enough for my purpose. I hadn't had much luck of late, and thought I might be able to get into the young man's confidence. You look a bit of a wrestler yourself, I said. A little flattery helps in making friends. So do you, he replied, which put me off for a moment because at that time I was rather thin. Well, I said modestly, I do wrestle a bit. What's your name? Hari Singh, I lied. I took a new name every month. That kept me ahead of the police and my former employers. After this introduction, Anil talked about the well-wailed wrestlers who were grunting, lifting and throwing each other about. I didn't have much to say. Anil walked away. I followed casually. Hello again, he said. I gave him my most appealing smile. I want to work for you, I said. But I can't pay you. I thought that over for a minute. Perhaps I had missed just my man. I asked, can you feed me? Can you cook? I can cook, I lied again. If you can cook, then maybe I can feed you. He took me to his room over the Juma Switch shop and told me I could sleep on the balcony. But the meal I cooked that night must have been terribly terrible because Anil gave it to a stray dog and told me to be off. But I just hung around, smiling in my most appealing way, and he couldn't help laughing. Later, he patted me on the head and said, never mind, he would teach me to cook. He also taught me to write my name and said he would soon teach me to write the whole sentences and to add numbers. I was grateful. I knew that once I could write like an educated man, there would be no limit to what I could earn or achieve. It was quite pleasant working for Anil. I made the tea in the morning and then would take my time buying the day's supplies, usually making a profit of about a rupee a day. I think he knew I made a little money this way, but he didn't seem to mind. Anil made money by fits and stars. He would borrow one week, lend the next. He kept worrying about his next check, but as soon as it arrived, he would go out and celebrate. It seems he wrote for magazines, a queer way to make a living. One evening he came home with a small bundle of notes, saying he had just sold a book to a publisher. At night, I saw him tuck the money under the mattress. I had been working for Anil for almost a month and apart from cheating on the shopping, had not done anything in my line of work. I had every opportunity for doing so. Anil had given me a key to the door and I could come and go as I pleased. He was the most trusting person I had ever met. And that is why it was so difficult to rob him. It's easy to rob a greedy man because he can afford to be robbed. But it's difficult to rob a careless man. Sometimes he doesn't even notice he has been robbed. And that takes all the pleasure out of the work. Well, it's time I did some real work, I told myself. I'm out of practice and if I don't take the money, he will only waste it on his friends. After all, he doesn't even pay me. Anil was asleep. A beam of moonlight stepped over the balcony and fell on the bed. I sat on the floor considering the situation. If I took the money, I could catch the 10.30 express to Lucknow 
Slipping out of the blanket, I crept up to the bed. Anil was sleeping peacefully. His face was clear and unlined. Even I had more marks on my face, though mine were mostly scars. My hand slid under the mattress, searching for the notes. When I found them, I drew them out without a sound. Anil sighed in his sleep and turned on his side towards me. I was startled and quickly crawled out of the room. When I was on the road, I began to run. I had the notes at my waist held there by the string of my pyjamas. I slowed down to a walk and counted the notes, 600 rupees in 50s. I could live like an oil-rich Arab for a week or two. When I reached the station, I did not stop at the ticket office. I had never bought a ticket in my life, but dashed straight to the platform. The Lucknow Express was just moving out. The train had still to pick up speed and I should have been able to jump into one of the carriages. But I hesitated for some reason I can't explain. And I lost the chance to get away. When the train had gone, I found myself standing alone on the deserted platform. I had no idea where to spend the night. I had no friends, believing that friends were more trouble than help. And I did not want to make anyone curious by staying at one of the small hotels near the station. The only person I knew really well was the man I had robbed. Leaving the station, I walked slowly through the bazaar. In my short career as a thief, I had made a study of men's faces which they had, when they had lost their goods. The greedy man showed fear, the rich man showed anger, the poor man showed acceptance. But I knew that Anil's face, when he discovered the theft, would show only a touch of sadness. Not for the loss of money, but for the loss of trust. I found myself in the maidan and sat down on a bench. The night was chilly. It was early November, and a light drizzle added to my discomfort. Soon it was raining quite heavily. My shirt and pyjamas stuck to my skin, and a cold wind blew the rain across my face. I went back to the bazaar and sat down in the shelter of the clock tower. The clock showed midnight. I felt for the notes. They were damp from the rain. Anil's money. In the morning, he would probably have given me two or three rupees to go to the cinema, but now I had it all. I couldn't cook his meals, run to the bazaar, or learn to ride the whole sentences anymore. I had forgotten about them in the excitement of the theft. Whole sentences I knew could one day bring me more than a few hundred rupees. It was a simple matter to steal and sometimes just as simple to be caught. But to be a really big man, a clever and respected man, was something else. I should go back to Anil, I told myself, if only to learn to read and write. I hurried back to the room feeling very nervous, for it is much easier to steal something than to return it undetected. I opened the door quietly, then stood in the doorway, in clouded moonlight. Anil was still asleep. I crept to the head of the bed and my hand came up with the notes. I felt his breath on my hand. I remained still for a minute, then my hand found the edge of the mattress and slipped under it with the notes. I awoke late next morning to find that Anil had already made the tea. He stretched out his hand towards me. 
there was a 50 rupee note between his fingers my heart sank i thought i had been discovered i made some money yesterday he explained now you'll be paid regularly my spirits rose but when i took the note i saw it was still wet from the night's rain today we'll start writing sentences he said he knew but neither his lips nor his eyes showed anything i smiled at anil in my most appealing way and the smile came by itself without any effort that's about the story the thief story dear students in my next podcast i will discuss about the theme and some important incidences that took place in the story so for the analysis of the story please do listen to me on spotify go to spotify and search english with a difference you shall be able to find me on a regular basis please do follow the channel so that you are able to uh, be notified when i upload a new episode thank you for listening this is manatush de signing off from englishwithadifference.com hello students i'm going to read out the story the thief story by asking bond for each one of you please do see the text as i tell you the story so that you are able to understand the pronunciation intonation and stress pattern of the story uh, here i go i was still a thief when i met anil and though only 15 i was an experienced and fairly successful hand anil was watching a wrestling match when i approached him he was about 25 a tall lean fellow and he looked easy going kind and simple enough for my purpose I hadn't had much luck of late and thought I might be able to get into the young man's confidence. You look a bit of a wrestler yourself, I said. A little flattery helps in making friends. So do you, he replied, which put me off for a moment because at that time I was rather thin. Well, I said modestly, I do wrestle a bit. What's your name? Hari Singh, I lied. I took a new name every month that kept me ahead of the police and my former employers. After this introduction, Anil talked about the well-wailed wrestlers who were grunting, lifting and throwing each other about. I didn't have much to say. Anil walked away. I followed casually. "Hello again," he said. I gave him my most appealing smile. "I want to work for you," I said. but i can't pay you i thought that over for a minute perhaps i had missed just my man i asked can you feed me can you cook i can cook i lied again if you can cook then maybe i can feed you he took me to his room over the juma sweets shop and told me i could sleep on the balcony but the meal i cooked that night must have been terribly terrible because anil gave it to a stray dog and told me to be off but i just hung around smiling in my most appealing way and he couldn't help laughing later he patted me on the head and said never mind he would teach me to cook he also taught me to write my name and said he would soon teach me to write the whole sentences and to add numbers i was grateful i knew that once i could write like an educated man there would be no limit to what i could earn or achieve it was quite pleasant working for anil 
I made the tea in the morning and then would take my time buying the day's su supplies, usually making a profit of about a rupee a day. I think he knew I made a little money this way, but he didn't seem to mind. Anil made money by fits and stars. He would borrow one week, lend the next. He kept worrying about his next check, but as soon as it arrived, he would go out and celebrate. It seems he wrote for magazines, a queer way to make a living. One evening he came home with a small bundle of notes, saying he had just sold a book to a publisher. At night, I saw him tuck the money under the mattress. I had been working for Anil for almost a month and apart from cheating on the shopping, had not done anything in my line of work. I had every opportunity for doing so. Anil had given me a key to the door and I could come and go as I pleased. He was the most trusting person I had ever met. And that is why it was so difficult to rob him. It's easy to rob a greedy man because he can afford to be robbed. But it's difficult to rob a careless man. Sometimes he doesn't even notice he has been robbed. And that takes all the pleasure out of the work. Well, it's time I did some real work, I told myself. I'm out of practice. And if I don't take the money, he will only waste it on his friends. After all, he doesn't even pay me. Anil was asleep. A beam of moonlight stepped over the balcony and fell on the bed. I sat on the floor considering the situation. If I took the money, I could catch the 10.30 express to Lucknow. Slipping out of the blanket, I crept up to the bed. Anil was sleeping peacefully. His face was clear and unlined. Even I had more marks on my face, though mine were mostly scars. My hand slid under the mattress, searching for the notes. When I found them, I drew them out without a sound. Anil sighed in his sleep and turned on his side towards me. I was startled and quickly crawled out of the room. When I was on the road, I began to run. I had the notes at my waist held there by the string of my pyjamas. I slowed down to a walk and counted the notes, 600 rupees in 50s. I could live like an oil-rich Arab for a week or two. When I reached the station, I did not stop at the ticket office. I had never bought a ticket in my life, but dashed straight to the platform. The Lucknow Express was just moving out. The train had still to pick up speed and I should have been able to jump into one of the carriages. But I hesitated for some reason I can't explain. And I lost the chance to get away. When the train had gone, I found myself standing alone on the deserted platform. I had no idea where to spend the night. I had no friends, believing that friends were more trouble than help. And I did not want to make anyone curious by staying at one of the small hotels near the station. The only person I knew really well was the man I had robbed. Leaving the station, I walked slowly through the bazaar. In my short career as a thief, I had made a study of men's faces which they had when they had lost their goods. The greedy man showed fear, the rich man showed anger, the poor man showed acceptance. But I knew that Anil's face when he discovered the theft would show only a touch of sadness, not for the loss of money but for the loss of trust. 
I found myself in the maidan and sat down on a bench. The night was chilly. It was early November, and a light drizzle added to my discomfort. Soon it was raining quite heavily. My shirt and pyjamas stuck to my skin, and a cold wind blew the rain across my face. I went back to the bazaar and sat down in the shelter of the clock tower. The clock showed midnight. I felt for the notes. They were damp from the rain. Anil's money. In the morning, he would probably have given me two or three rupees to go to the cinema, but now I had it all. I couldn't cook his meals, run to the bazaar, or learn to ride the whole sentences anymore. I had forgotten about them in the excitement of the theft. Whole sentences. I knew could one day bring me more than a few hundred rupees. It was a simple matter to steal, and sometimes just as simple to be caught. But to be a really big man, a clever and respected man, was something else. I should go back to Anil. I told myself, if only to learn to read and write. I hurried back to the room, feeling very nervous, for it is much easier to steal something than to return it undetected. I opened the door quietly, then stood in the doorway, in clouded moonlight. Anil was still asleep. I crept to the head of the bed. and my hand came up with the notes i felt his breath on my hand i remained still for a minute then my hand found the edge of the mattress and slipped under it with the notes i awoke late next morning to find that anil had already made the tea he stretched out his hand towards me there was a 50 rupee note between his fingers my heart sank i thought i had been discovered i made some money yesterday he explained now you will be paid regularly My spirits rose, but when I took the note, I saw it was still wet from the night's rain. Today we'll start writing sentences, he said. He knew, but neither his lips nor his eyes showed anything. I smiled at Anil in my most appealing way, and the smile came by itself, without any effort. That's about the story, the thief story, dear students. In my next podcast I'll discuss about the theme and some important incidences that took place in the story so for the analysis of the story please do listen to me on Spotify go to Spotify and search English with a difference you shall be able to find me on a regular basis please do follow the channel so that you are able to uh, be notified when I upload a new episode thank you for listening this is Manatush Dey signing off from englishwithadifference.com Hello students I'm going to read out the story the thief story by asking bond for each one of you please do see the text as i tell you the story so that you are able to understand the pronunciation intonation and stress pattern of the story uh, here i go i was still a thief when i met anil and though only 15 i was an experienced and fairly successful hand anil was watching a wrestling match when i approached him he was about 25 a tall lean fellow and he looked easy going kind and simple enough for my purpose i hadn't had much luck of late and thought i might be able to get into the young man's confidence You look a bit of a wrestler yourself, 
I said. A little flattery helps in making friends. So do you, he replied, which put me off for a moment because at that time I was rather thin. Well, I said modestly, I do wrestle a bit. What's your name? Hari Singh, I lied. I took a new name every month. That kept me ahead of the police and my former employers. After this introduction, Anil talked about the well-wailed wrestlers who were grunting, lifting and throwing each other about. I didn't have much to say. Anil walked away. I followed casually. Hello again, he said. I gave him my most appealing smile. I want to work for you, I said. But I can't pay you. I thought that over for a minute. Perhaps I had missed just my man. I asked, can you feed me? Can you cook? I can cook, I lied again. If you can cook, then maybe I can feed you. He took me to his room over the Juma Suites shop and told me I could sleep on the balcony. But the meal I cooked that night must have been terribly terrible because Anil gave it to a stray dog and told me to be off. But I just hung around, smiling in my most appealing way, and he couldn't help laughing. Later, he patted me on the head and said, never mind, he would teach me to cook. He also taught me to write my name and said he would soon teach me to write the whole sentences and to add numbers. I was grateful. I knew that once I could write like an educated man, there would be no limit to what I could earn or achieve. It was quite pleasant working for Anil. I made the tea in the morning and then would take my time buying the day's supplies, usually making a profit of about a rupee a day. I think he knew I made a little money this way, but he didn't seem to mind. Anil made money by fits and stars. He would borrow one week, lend the next. He kept worrying about his next check, but as soon as it arrived, he would go out and celebrate. It seems he wrote for magazines, a queer way to make a living. One evening he came home with a small bundle of notes, saying he had just sold a book to a publisher. At night, I saw him tuck the money under the mattress. I had been working for Anil for almost a month and apart from cheating on the shopping, had not done anything in my line of work. I had every opportunity for doing so. Anil had given me a key to the door and I could come and go as I pleased. He was the most trusting person I had ever met. And that is why it was so difficult to rob him. It's easy to rob a greedy man because he can afford to be robbed. But it's difficult to rob a careless man. Sometimes he doesn't even notice he has been robbed. And that takes all the pleasure out of the work. Well, it's time I did some real work, I told myself. I'm out of practice and if I don't take the money, he will only waste it on his friends. After all, he doesn't even pay me. Anil was asleep. A beam of moonlight stepped over the balcony and fell on the bed. I sat on the floor considering the situation. If I took the money, I could catch the 10.30 express to Lucknow. Slipping out of the blanket, I crept up to the bed. Anil was sleeping peacefully. His face was clear and unlined. Even I had more marks on my face, though mine were mostly scars. My hand slid under the mattress. 
searching for the notes. When I found them, I drew them out without a sound. Anil sighed in his sleep and turned on his side towards me. I was startled and quickly crawled out of the room. When I was on the road, I began to run. I had the notes at my waist held there by the string of my pyjamas. I slowed down to a walk and counted the notes 600 rupees in 50s. I could live like an oil-rich Arab for a week or two. When I reached the station, I did not stop at the ticket office. I had never bought a ticket in my life, but dashed straight to the platform. The Lucknow Express was just moving out. The train had still to pick up speed and I should have been able to jump into one of the carriages. But I hesitated for some reason I can't explain. And I lost the chance to get away. When the train had gone, I found myself standing alone on the deserted platform. I had no idea where to spend the night. I had no friends, believing that friends were more trouble than help. And I did not want to make anyone curious by staying at one of the small hotels near the station. The only person I knew really well was the man I had robbed. Leaving the station, I walked slowly through the bazaar. In my short career as a thief, I had made a study of men's faces which they had when they had lost their goods. The greedy man showed fear, the rich man showed anger, the poor man showed acceptance. But I knew that Anil's face when he discovered the theft would show only a touch of sadness, not for the loss of money but for the loss of trust. I found myself in the maidan and sat down on a bench. The night was chilly, it was early November and a light drizzle added to my discomfort. Soon it was raining quite heavily. My shirt and pyjamas stuck to my skin and a cold wind blew the rain across my face. I went back to the bazaar and sat down in the shelter of the clock tower. The clock showed midnight. I felt for the notes. They were damp from the rain. Anil's money. In the morning, he would probably have given me two or three rupees to go to the cinema, but now I had it all. I couldn't cook his meals, run to the bazaar, or learn to ride the whole sentences anymore. I had forgotten about them in the excitement of the theft. Whole sentences I knew could one day bring me more than a few hundred rupees. It was a simple matter to steal and sometimes just as simple to be caught. But to be a really big man, a clever and respected man was something else. I should go back to Anil, I told myself, if only to learn to read and write. I hurried back to the room feeling very nervous, for it is much easier to steal something than to return it undetected. I opened the door quietly, then stood in the doorway. In clouded moonlight, Anil was still asleep. I crept to the head of the bed and my hand came up with the notes. I felt his breath on my hand. I remained still for a minute, then my hand found the edge of the mattress and slipped under it with the notes. I awoke late next morning to find that Anil had already made the tea. He stretched out his hand towards me. There was a 50 rupee note between his fingers. My heart sank. I thought I had been discovered. I made some money yesterday, he explained. Now you will be paid regularly. My spirits rose. But when I took the note, I saw it was still wet from the night's rain. Today we'll start writing sentences, he said. He knew 
but neither his lips nor his eyes showed anything. I smiled at Anil in my most appealing way, and the smile came by itself, without any effort. That's about the story, the thief story, dear students. In my next podcast, I'll discuss about the theme and some important incidences that took place in the story. So for the analysis of the story, please do listen to me on Spotify. Go to Spotify and search English with a Difference. You shall be able to find me on a regular basis. Please do follow the channel so that you are able to uh, be notified when I upload a new episode. Thank you for listening. This is Manatush Deh signing off from EnglishWithTheDifference.com